0: And welcome to the VSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy Podcast. It's Thursday, November the 30th. Blimey, November has just flown by. Um, not quite sure what we got done in November. Um, not enough is the answer, I can tell you that. But there we go. Phil now Phil, you're off the, the dentist today.
1: You're having all your teeth out, are you? Yes, I am, Andrew. It's a sign that, of age. But yeah, well, having... no, it's like you don't talk so bloody much, probably. Yeah. Thank you, Andrew, for that one. That's
0: all right. <laughs> Uh, now, uh, actually, I'll tell you, it's interesting. The, the, a listener came up to me on Tuesday because uh, we had the VSA Aquis showcase event. We might, might talk about that a little bit. Um, and he complimented me. He said, I love listening to you, Andrew. He, he was talking about me, Phil, not you. Um, he said, because you actually say what you think. You don't seem to care. He said, I don't think um, most people would dare do what you do. Say it so bluntly, what you what you really think um which i took at first as a real compliment and then he then he told me it was from field fishing i thought oh my god you're a lawyer you're touting for business trying to protect me <laughs> <laughs> oh i like to say what well, i think i'm too old and been through it all next year's my 40th year in the market um i'll tell you what though we did have a very successful uh aquis showcase event we had actually about 20 companies presenting some of the most interesting actually were the pre-ipo companies um pleased that three of the, uh, the finalists were VSA clients, uh, which were Quantum Exponential, uh, Infinity Energy Systems and Equipmake, all of course talked about on Technotrans because they're all in that space. And Equipmake was the overall winner. Uh, we've talked a lot about Equipmake, um, but nice to see us say uh, that VSA is obviously picking the right companies to act for and winning the prizes. Um, we also had a really good chat from Joanne Hart of the Midas column. Um, and actually, to be honest with you, the best chat, and I, I say this partially because obviously it's very sad. Poor old Charlie Munger has died at 99, but what a life. But, I mean, he was a real hero in terms of long-term investing. But And you'll understand why I'm putting the two together. The best chat, actually, it was like his greatest hits. Now that's what's called Andy Bruff 23. Um, but he just stood on stage and talked basically, for 40 minutes. and. You know, so many of the things he was saying about investment tie in with my thinking of investment and also, of course, Charlie Munger's. And that is, you know, the first one is discipline. Most investors are very undisciplined. And the second thing is, you know, find a good company, buy it and just sit with it for years and you'll make a lot of money. And then the third one is be aware of dilution because too many, and particularly in the small cap arena, Companies just keep issuing shares and shares and shares. And so you just get diluted down. you can't make any return on your capital. Now, don't get me wrong. As an investment banker, of course, we do like companies that issue shares. That's how we make our money. Um, In fact, you've got a question, you know, is the formula for investment banking, is that the right way of making your money, that you're doing things that actually aren't necessarily always good for the investor? It's a strange business we we work in. Um, But anyway, it was was very interesting, I think, to hear all of that. And... um, I think that uh, another few other themes from the conference that are worth mentioning. Uh, Joanne Hart certainly uh, talked a little bit about how the regulation uh, is basically killing equities. Um, She's absolutely right. Uh, I think one or two people are starting to say, and this is the sort of phrase, that the UK equity market is becoming like the safest graveyard in the world. Um, No one wants the safest graveyard, but that's where we're headed. Uh, If you don't understand that, just think about it. Did you understand that, Phil? Uh, yes. Good. I so agree. Phil's got it. So Phil can get it. Frankly, anyone can get it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where we're going. That's a great phrase the safest graveyard. We do, do not want to go down the safest gra- graveyard. Yeah. Um, now, uh, and a few. Um, so, yeah, it was a really good, really good conference. Uh, actually, it was being filmed. So, if anybody wants to get any of the the companies, the, the film of them presenting, they had eight minutes only. It's a great. Um, uh, way to present. If you can't present in eight minutes, frankly, you can't present. Um, then obviously the films will be coming up. Now, there's actually, I think, quite a lot to talk about this week. I suspect you've got quite a lot of notes, and I, I, even in my little head, there's quite a few things I want to talk about. But before we do that, there's a couple of things I'd mention. Uh, one is uh, I mentioned Infinity Energy Systems was one of the finalists at the Aqua Showcase. They're also actually mentioned uh, in a report that was released by the UK government uh, last Friday. Which was the UK battery strategy. Um, yes, believe it or not, the UK government does publish strategies. It doesn't do anything about it, it just publishes them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there is a UK battery strategy report out there, and Infinity were there. Uh, you may want to talk about that, Phil. You, you probably read it from cover to cover over the weekend, didn't you?
1: No. But I do, I, do, I do pick up the hype. Well, Thank you for
0: that. I do pick All right, up we'll the move on. I'll tell you, what, there's just one other one. One other one in my little sort of preamble before we get on to the companies that uh, I've got to mention. I, and this, is not, this isn't tech and trans. This is back to my biotech. But if you remember, I did confess to everyone that I had this rather... and I, It was luck, but lucky trade in Oxford bi- Biodynamics uh, where I sort of made five times my money overnight and sensibly took a load of profit out. Um, I've actually still got some residual holding, uh, but at the same time, somebody uh, I think um, said from the podcast when I was talking about it, "Have a look at Gene Drive," and I looked at it and I thought, "I'm not sure that's one for me," and I didn't play. Uh, had some numbers today, uh, all mats, almost out of cash, uh, and actually, since that was tipped to me, I think it's hard. So just as well I didn't buy that one. It just shows discipline. You know, I accepted I got lucky on OBD. Don't think you can do it over and over again. Discipline is so important when uh, investing. Uh, actually, just whilst I'm on that, funny enough, um, another person who's listening to this podcast came on and asked me to talk about Plexus, if you remember. Oh, yeah. uh, and basically, we did talk about it. I had a quick look. I didn't really have a, a long enough yeah. look, really. Um, but I said, look, actually, it's had a really good run. My guess is, is that it will uh, – I think I probably was quite polite, actually, and sort of said something like it would settle down and – perhaps not go anywhere um for a short time uh, they just had some i think it was um I don't know if it was finals or interims uh, i did briefly uh, catch it it was uh, final uh, yeah prelims that's uh, pre- i love the word prelims why don't people more people use it um but they lost 4.2 million or so uh, and are down to only 1.4 million of cash uh and actually the stock has come off a little bit five percent this morning so I think my theory there that actually just hold off, it's had a good run, um, don't chase it, was probably the right advice. Um, anyway, uh, that's my little sort of preamble. Uh, I don't know if you agree with everything I sort of rambled on about there, Phil, or have you got anything you want to add to that?
1: Yeah, I have, actually. Uh, just thought, I think, I think Andy brought, one of Andy Brough's, um key messages as well was knowing when to sell yes care. it was um and you clearly did very well on the biotech that you invested in and knew when to sell and to also hold on to some and that's uh, yeah that is quite a fundamental discipline in investing
0: yeah well funny yeah I mean I've been wandering around with an ex-hedge fund manager who's um because he's now started up this venture that I'm raising a bit of EIS money for called banhook chili oil so he was also presenting there banhook chili oil will become the Tabasco of chili oils. It will become a global brand. I, I uh, you get EIS, so you have sort of already doubled your money, but um, when you put your money in, but I think it's a, a 50 bagger, but with EIS, that means it's a hundred bagger. Uh, and we're raising money for that. It's an amazing product. Anyone who tries it, it gets hooked. But I mean, so funny, but funny, he was also talking about that to me as a hedge fund manager. What Bruffy was saying is, you know, buying on the way down when there's lots of stock coming out is very frightening at times. But is the time you can actually get in. And as he put it, always sell before the top. Because you've got to leave a little bit a bit else for somebody else. Everybody must get a party balloon, is one of Andy's favourite phrases. Um, and actually what my hedge fund manager was saying, their their way of describing it was always leave a few pips in the orange when you're squeezing it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a fair a fair analogy. But sorry. But yeah, you know, I think that's right. But again, I also
0: think that, you know, actually if you pick good companies and just hold them longer term it's a great way of making money we all try and trade too much we all try and be too clever and i mean sadly you know we all love small caps that's what we sort of live for but actually often it's the big companies you just sit with them and you know the apples and the things like this you know small the small cap world oh it's it's very exciting because you can get these monstrous returns but you can also lose a lot of money you've got to be so careful Anyway, look, uh, come on. We nearly had 10 minutes. We don't want to bore everybody to death, Phil. Um, Why don't we get on to... I mean, we've got results. We've got mergers. You name it. Fundraisers. I'll let you kick off and I'll maybe throw some things in as we're going along.
1: All right. Okay. Well, firstly, I think I'll keep on the theme of investing. Um, And this is, you know, it's not all been happening under the the equities market in terms of difficulty in raising capital. Um, There was a report from uh, Atomico VC funds on European uh, VC investment, and they highlighted that in Europe they're um, on track to raise $45 billion in VC capital this year, and that's half the $85 billion that was invested in 2022, but above, and I, I was noting this, it's certainly above the $38 billion raised in 2020 and $36 in 2019, and so why that bubble, something we talked about loads on this podcast, of course, with COVID, all the spend on IT low interest the cheap capital was available um but it's you know so you can see the sort of dramatic impact there on on vc investment and in the uk it's fallen by nearly 50 percent to 12.7 billion in this year so far but again i you know i would note in that that france is going to 40 a 40 percent drop to 7.9 billion and germany uh, i think is down to about 7.8 billion as well but what's interesting in this is that the uk is still very much the European destination for VC uh, VC investment, um, and the report also said that they we're um, looking at early stage investment. The first three quarters of the year, totally, and it's thirteen point seven billion um, annualized at eighteen point three, which is just below twenty point six billion invested in um, two thousand twenty-two. That's for earlier stage business. So, you know, nay, so bad. Uh, but a very interesting report there, it shows that shows the you know, particularly the concentration of VC funding in the UK. Uh, and quickly moving on, Oxford Quantum Circuits um, is a, well it's quantum technology, it's quantum computing. Um, and they announced, this is a private company, they announced that they were raising, they've raised 79 bit, uh, million in Series B funding. Uh, They're developing quantum computing, and their quantum computing tech will be working alongside supercomputing, but it's looking to solve your sort of major problems in in finance, but in particular things like climate change, also industrial problems, modelling new materials. Very exciting technology, very early stage, attracting global VC money, and this was from a Japanese VC fund. Um, I quickly point out that quantum circuits is uh, one of the fund holdings of quantum exponential. Ah, is
0: one of you going to circle it round to that? Yeah, Quantum yep. Exponential. Right? Yeah. Which is that's one of our right. clients.
1: Yeah, they are they, they, indeed. And they invest in very exciting uh, early stage quantum technologies. So that's well worth looking at. It's Quantum Exponential. It's a company listed on Aquis. And they just carrying on in, in, in earlier stage tech investment, Andrew. Another one I spotted this week was, um, this was a private raising. It's $32 million in a Series A uh, for a London-based AI startup. So $32 million coming in called Physic uh, physics X um, and they had an investment from General Catalyst developed in 2020. And this is AI based, say, AI based physics. They quote it, but it's all about advanced engineering and it's for engineering simulations to speed up the design process. So I thought that was, you know, it's just good for us to see sort of moment, some of this momentum happening privately again because it does eventually, and we sincerely hope it does eventually, feeds into the public markets as well. Um, but Public market investment funds, um, particularly sort of more tech-focused, and I'm sure, Andrew, you'll have a, <laughs> a fair bit to contribute on this one, but starting off Mercia Asset Management. Uh, the ticker is MERC, £128 million market cap, and they have interims. Um, this is a broad-based fund, originally started off in, in tech, very much UK-based, um, investing around the regions. Uh, they reported uh, their asset um, assets under management of £1.5 billion. Uh, and the prior first half was just under a billion. It's about $979 million. Um, But there were some things to note here. I mean, firstly, the revenue from its, from its managing funds, its investing, the revenue overall revenue was up by 23% to 15 million pounds, and their EBITDA by 33% to 2.8 million. But what was interesting in these results is they announced um, that they had uh, been involved. One of their investee companies, Endreams, which develops VR games, um, was acquired. Um, and it was acquired for an enterprise value of £90 uh, million. Pounds. Uh, Mercia had a 33.2% direct stake in it. And they first invested, They it is long-term investing, and it happens in tech as well, they first invested in March 2014 uh, in this company. Uh, and the exit gives a 2.7 times a uh, return on investment and 18% IRR, which actually is, you know, that's a pretty credible performance. And it brings cash into Mercer as well. So that was uh, that was good to see. Um, and some, you know, quite long-term investment strategy in tech there, found a good return. Um, and that moved on to Molten Ventures, Andrew.
0: Yes, you knew I was going to perk up at this stage, didn't you? <laughs>
1: Yes, I, I did. The you can do
0: the news, and I'll do my thoughts. Uh, <laughs> yes,
1: you do your thoughts. So the ticker, uh, so Molten Ventures. The ticker is Grow G R O W. The market cap is four hundred and twenty million pounds, um, and the share price on this is um, has been down to thirty two percent year to date. Now, just quickly on the share prices, I've got to mention on Mercia, um, their share price had been reached um, fell from thirty two p at the start of January down to 22p, but has bounced up 29p on their results, but also that Endreams, uh, the fact Endreams was acquired, which is just how important um, disposals are for, for funds like this, acquisitions. But Malton, so Malton Ventures, right. So Malton Ventures has announced that he is buying Forward Partners. Uh, Forward Partners is a London-based uh, technology uh, investment fund. Um, they've got forty-three uh, companies that they've got invested in Forward Partners, and uh, that Ventures has agreed to acquire it for forty-one point four million pounds. Um, which they to do that, they've announced also that they are raising, care fact, that they've raised capital. Um, so Molten Ventures have raised uh, done a secondary issue and raised fifty-seven point four million pounds. So help. With, yeah, but at what price, Phil? Yes, uh, a discount, I think. Well, the uh, point is,
0: the stock trades, right, Molten Ventures, at about a 50% discount to its NAV. They've then raised money at a discount to their stock price. I think the money was raised at about a 65% discount to NAV. You know what? If I was a shareholder, being diluted down like that would actually really hack me off. Yes? I'm not a shareholder.
1: No. So, it... (laughs) No, that's true. I but
0: understand. look, we've been saying for ages that Moulton should have actually just merged with IP Group because you could rip yep. 24 million of cost out almost immediately, which would be good for shareholders. Um, but at least we're seeing, you know, mergers. Um, so in that respect, it was good. I mean, Forward Partners, I'm afraid, was one of those COVID IPOs. Um, you know, it was it was only been it's only been floated just over a year. Uh, I think it floated at a pound, peaked at uh, just about 125. Mm. Here we are at 29p. Um, Deary, deary me. It's pretty sad, isn't it, really? But look, it is a merger, so that's good. Um, Funny enough, we've also seen a whole load of investment trusts like the Fidelity China Special Sits Trust merging with the Aberdeen Trust and various others. So there are mergers going on. So really, you know, my take from this is, I mean, I, I think, well, I don't quite understand this Molten deal with the fundraise. I get it buying forward partners, but I don't get the fundraise. But what's going to happen to IP Group? You know, it's also trading at a 50% discount to NAV. Its cost base is way too high. You know, it's been a listed company now for 10 years or something, and it's just gone sideways, which is ludicrous if you're an IP company. Now, obviously, it did get very sort of disrupted in the whole um, situation with uh, Neil Woodford. Um, But it's time something happened here I mean I would we've talked a lot about the HG trust yes. which you really like don't you yeah, yeah. It's, it's not really necessary I don't think that trust is totally tech but it's got quite a lot of tech orientated I wonder whether they should just snaffle up group IP group but somebody should
1: yes. I'd, yes, yes, they should. Uh, HG Capital is very uh, software, SaaS software focused, very high quality mm. software companies. But yeah, let's see. But I, you know, I, th- I think you're right. I mean, but it's, I don't know. Did you see the results from uh, Foresight uh, Group Holdings today? Do you they do mention them? Yeah, FSG, um, four hundred seventy million pounds uh, market capitalization. capitalisation. Um, uh, this is your foresight's a very interesting one because it's um it's you know they, they they're an infrastructure and private equity investment management as they describe themselves um, and I think they got exposure in the transitional energy um, space if I know they do uh, but what they if you look at their share price is quite interesting in that it's it's sort of flat over the years. Um, it's up twenty two percent this year, though uh, they've had a they've had a good run. But it's got a dividend yield of. I th- it says on, on my screen on Icon it was four point nine percent dividend yield, um, and it is an infrastructure fund. But they re- yeah. So they reported their results. Um, anything of note in here was the asset manage- the assets under management were up just one percent to twelve point two billion, which actually in the, the investment environment valuations is um, you know pretty reasonable. um, And their funds under management were just down 2% to 8.8 billion. Uh, But, you know, it's it's a business. um, And their revenues from those managing those funds were up by 30%, 34% to 67.8 million. um, And they saw 28% rise in EBITDA, which was was pretty good, all things considered. Um, And they've said that... um, they have uh, raised another £30 million. Pounds, and this is for a North Eastern funds, very regional focused foresight. Um, and here we are the energy transition is the largest investment opportunity of our generation. Quote unquote. Uh, foresight ideally placed to realise this opportunity through multiple international strategies. So there we go. Uh, it's not one that we've really discussed before, foresight, but certainly in the course of our business and over the years, we've come across foresight.
0: Yeah, no, we have. I mean, they're, 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 they're actually pretty good. And I, I mean, I happen to agree with them. I think the energy transition is an amazing opportunity. But right now, the market doesn't seem to give a damn about it. Um, but also, it's interesting. So, I mean, just going back to, we've seen a lot of mergers, which is great. Uh, we actually saw this week a few interesting fundraisers. Um, we saw a fundraise from Sieta and a fundraise from Surface Transforms, who actually make ceramic brisks up. Brist- yeah. No disc brakes. Right. <laughs> Letters mixed up. Um, I've actually been up there and seen it. Um, but I, I was at, again going back to our anchors conference. One of the companies said, "You know, how come they can raise money, and you and, and people have told me that I probably can't raise money?" I said, "Because they're," and I said to him, "It's very simple." And it comes back to this whole business of dilution again as well. I said, "The problem is, both of those companies are in desperate trouble. You know, without the money, they're, they're probably bust." so the shareholders basically take the view well we may as well give them some more money because otherwise we've got nothing um now they're making more money and then lose twice as much but anyway that's another i'm not saying they will by the way I don't, want a, I don't want a legal letter on that one phil um but i said to this other company i said the problem you've got is actually you're performing really well you're doing very well you're a great company and so the shareholders are going well why give you more money because it all dilute us down now actually of course the whole point about capital markets is that if you can give someone more money and he can actually increase the returns on it significantly actually it is worth doing and you could argue why throw good money off the bad if it is bad so i mean it's an interesting again an interesting com- thought process whatever the word is for why people invest where they put their money but that is the reason why those two companies frankly we're in really bad trouble, still, are, I think, in trouble. So, people were trying to, to save them. And sadly, a good company that probably could make a higher return or significantly higher return on someone's cash, not going to get it because people are nervous of dilution. Just you No, know, we've got to give the money to save companies rather than to actually grow them, which is crazy, crazy, crazy. Anyway, that was a little bit of a red herring.
1: Well,. <laughs> No, it wasn't. It was no, it's it's, I think it's it's quite relevant in terms of investments at the moment. I mean, that VC report on Atomico was saying that they, you know, even looking privately, um, they they had seen the sort of overall invested base. No, this was public and private tech companies in Europe, total value of three trillion dollars after dropping 400 billion in value in 2022. But that was they said that's due to new startups offsetting down rounds in the vc markets you know so there's a a, a different you know there's a dynamic there and the down rounds come in because you know the the current fund holders want to maintain their holding and are putting cash in you know at these lower levels just to keep them going the same way as you you know you're saying that was happening in the public markets keeping those companies going wrong you know the risk of anything anything happening to them yeah.
0: Well, the world's gone mad. We know that anyway. Right. Have you got any more? I've got a few results. On,
1: to... Andrew, what? I've got a couple of. There's some company results. was a decent trading update from SoftCat, um, SCT, Ticket, mm-hmm. 2.6 billion. Uh, share prices held steady this year. It's IT services. In that fact, well done them. They've helped there in terms of performance and holding that share price steady, actually, because IT services has been the tougher sector, IT infrastructure. They had a trading update. Uh, GB Group. Uh, they had interims. Um, so this is uh, software for uh, identity, individuals' identity, and digital location. This is to prevent fraud, uh, but also for boarding, um, for all sorts of global online services. That and their sales were just up by one point. Uh, what do I say? First off, revenue, it's barely up about one percent. Yeah, but if, there, if anybody from GB Group
0: is listening, uh, my mother, who, who I think most people know, I've got this one in her AIM IHT portfolio. You know please go and get the bid back at over six quid or whatever it was, please. She'd like to accept it.
1: (laughs) Right, that's a fair... She doesn't
0: like it down here at 230p. I mean, for goodness sake, you were 900p once...
1: Well, you you can address that to the new incoming CEO Andrew at the relevant uh, stage because the right. uh, current <laughs> CEO is retiring, new CEO is uh, are stepping up. So, yeah, that's about it for me on, on sort of company results. They were pretty brief this week.
0: Now you can mention a few more if you've got them there written up. You know, I know you sometimes have your notes, Phil. And you like to get through them all.
1: I've got I've got my notes. I'm well prepared for this, Andrew. Well, I'll, I'll give
0: you something. You may you may have picked up on this, but I tell you, there's a couple actually. Uh, first of all I wanted to mention, because again that ones that people have really really tipped me, everyone was telling me uh, six months ago or so to um, buy Zoo Digital um, and I must admit I looked at it and I thought mm, no, and it's been a really good performer it's gone up from 40p to sort of 200p um, luckily I didn't, they've, they've had some results today, uh, injured results and of course the, what really hit them was the Hollywood strike, it's all gone horribly wrong Stocks down at 50p. That was a good miss. Uh, now another one we had this week where I, I won't say who, but a, a well-known fund manager said, Andrew, this is one of the best stocks I own. You, you've just got to have it. You can't have enough of it. Uh, and it was ZAR, Uh Xaar. Very strange name. Does sort of uh, digital printers or whatever. Yep. Uh, again, so strongly recommended. I got into ZAR. Um, I mean, turning the clock back 10 years ago, this, this price was over a 1,000 pence per share. It's now at 130. Um, but again, um, unfortunately, the figures didn't come in well. And it had an almighty fall this week. Not nice at all. Uh, but it's not all bad news because one, again, that we've talked about quite a lot uh, on this podcast actually had some results. Well, actually, they made a small acquisition today. It was quite a weird, RNS. It's like the, the RNS was all about the acquisition they made. But inside the RNS, which is why maybe some people didn't um, pick up on it, it actually said, "Oh, and by the way, trading is above expectations." It was yeah. like hidden away. Some really good news. Uh, but the stock—so I haven't even told you the stock yet, have I? Uh, really? It's um, Ashdead Technologies. Um, I think you, most people know that I, I used to at for Ashdead. It was a teeny weeny company, only a few million pounds, a couple of depots in Ashdead. Um, this was back in the uh, the nineties. Uh, it's clearly now one of our, the UK's largest companies. It's span out Ashton Technologies, uh, and it's a, it's a great little business, Ashton Technologies, well worth buying. And just, again, it's one of those businesses you buy, sit on, and, and uh, look at it in 20 years' time. Uh, another one I, would, I think we should mention, Look, we've talked a lot about our Acquis event, um, the VSA Acquis Showcase, as it's called. Um, and Acquis itself actually made it a sort of interesting announcement uh, this week which is they've gone to cloud-based sort of settlement and everything. Um, I have to say, when you get to the um, technologies of uh, some of the trading elements um, in stock markets, even I get quite confused. I'll be absolutely honest with you, Phil, um, which is a bit of a confession, isn't it? But they they claim they're now the first cloud-based recognized investment exchange and all trades on the Acquis Stock Exchange are being matched and executed successfully, whilst running on the Amazon Web Service. Um, that is the way forward, actually, for trading. I mean, I, I've never understood why, for instance, we don't all just settle with blockchain and it becomes T plus two seconds. Uh, yeah. I'm sure we'll get yeah. there in the end.
1: Yeah. It's, it's amazing. What is amazing, I think, in the last like five years. Ten years is just how robust I say. Why well, you I, I say that? Uh, cloud services are, and things like Amazon Web Services just revolutionized businesses that you don't have to have, you know, five bods in IT and a bunch of servers in, in your building, and that you can well, start uh, stuff so quickly
0: and run it so on the cloud. So when I first set up my first brokerage business, Aureal Securities, I remember one of the first people I hired actually was the IT director. And I remember planning with him, building the entire IT room. I mean, it was a massive room with so many bloody computers and everything to to drive all of our systems for trading, et cetera. Um, and he was literally one of the most important partners in the business. Um, now here at VSA Capital, I mean, we do everything on the cloud. We just, it's all outsourced. Um, we do have a, um, you know, a computer room, whatever it's called, you know, um, but it's just got one sort of tiny little box in the corner, basically. So yeah, that please also, please I've please. seen the change myself. Yeah, anyway, look, uh, we've, we've talked for 30 minutes, which is far longer than most people want to listen to us. Um, and you've got to go and have all your teeth out. Um, so we'll call it a day there. Hopefully, um, there was a lot we talked about this. Hopefully, everyone found it useful if you managed to last the full 30 minutes. Um, and as usual... Feel free to give us ideas, all that sort of rubbish I normally say at the end of it. But on that note, yeah, off you go, Phil. Go to the dentist and I'll say goodbye.
1: Yes, I can't wait to go to the dentist. Anyway, look forward to chatting next week, Andrew.
0: This podcast has been produced and edited by VSA Capital. It is intended for information purposes and not as investment advice. The information is intended for recipients who understand the risks associated with equity investments in smaller companies. Please do your own research and do not rely on a single source when making an investment decision. BSA Capital may derive fees from this content and seeks to do business with the companies mentioned.